0: Welcome to the Love Yourself Naked podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Glubish, and I've been working with women for over two years to help them ditch the diet mentality, find food freedom, and gain a body confidence that they never knew was possible. There is so much information out there about how to eat, how to exercise, and how to live a healthy lifestyle. My goal on the show is to help answer all your questions and provide you the tools you need to live in peace with food and love your body. So if you are ready to discover what it's like to live a life without obsession, you are in the right place. Now let's get to the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm so honored and so excited to be joined by a very special guest today. Um, I actually mentioned that she was going to be on the pod. I don't know if she knows this, but a couple episodes ago, the one, the only client, Kelly, I guess is probably how you guys know her from the pod. So <laughs> that was a very underwhelming <laughs> introduction. Anyways. Hi, Kelly. Hey. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank well, why don't me. you just, um, yeah, thanks for being here. Why don't you just go ahead and take the reins and introduce yourself? Who are you? Where are you from? Maybe give a little bit of like how we know each other as well.
1: Sure. Um, so yeah, like Chelsea said, my name is Kelly. Um, I'm 38 years old. I live in Edmonton, Alberta. Um, I have been married for 10 years and I'm the proud mama to two amazing puppers. And, uh, yeah, I guess for uh, work, I'm a paralegal, so I have a desk job. Um, And for fun, I am an old lady and I crochet. (laughs) And then I also um, coach all-star cheerleading, which is how Chelsea and I met.
0: Yeah. Through the gym. All the things. Um, side note, let's just shameless plug Kelly Lynn Creations. Yes. If anyone <laughs> is in like the Edmonton, St. Albert-ish area, I don't know if you do, do you do markets anywhere other than St. Albert and Edmonton? No. Just okay. So Albert. if you're in that area- Yeah. Better hit up those markets. Go follow her on Instagram because she makes the cutest things. I have like a, one of those, what would you call it? Just like an ear warmer for winter. Mm -hmm. And then I think I have a toque as well. The pink toque with the little pom-pom on top and it's it's so cute. So, but you have lots of stuff too. Like, do you make, I feel like you, do you make things for animals too?
1: Um, I do like, like plushy kind of like stuffed animal thing. They're more like, like kid toys I yeah. mean your dog like my dogs would destroy it I don't know if yeah. like if you have a nice dog they might love it but my dogs would destroy it for sure uh, but yeah it's more like kids stuff and then I do yeah in the winter fall I do like um toques and ear warmers um we do the Christmas market out at the Enjoy Center in St. Albert and um yeah it's fun keeps me busy
0: Amazing. I love Yay. that we crossed paths what was it like two years ago now? Was it that Just long? Just Yeah, it was Just well about two ago. years ago yeah. um, that we kind of like reconnected and you had reached out and obviously we ended up working together. So why don't you maybe start with a little bit about like your journey? So where were you prior to reaching out to me? Why did you reach out to me and maybe share like you can go into all of the details of like your journey <laughs> from where you were then to like where you are now and we'll all like pick out certain pieces of it and we'll unpack it a little bit more. But just give kind of like a general overview of your journey. For sure. Um so yeah,
1: I guess before I reconnected with you or reached out to you, I was basically at like diet rock bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd kind of tried everything. My weight has fluctuated for years and years. Like I'm I'm I was never um like I would never say I was a thin person. Um but I was like as I teenager and young adult I was like an average size person But since then you know my weight's gone up and down and up and down and up and up and up and down <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of with like every different diet I've tried and le- like if it's out there I've tried it yeah. um, so it's kind of like stuck I didn't know what to do um, I was at the heaviest that I'd ever been um, and I was like kind of it was like the middle of COVID too maybe not the middle like closer to the beginning but it was like yeah. during COVID so I was like every other person in the world kind of depressed (laughs) and and unhappy. And like, I was unhappy with my appearance and I was uncomfortable in the new body that I had. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of ashamed and like almost embarrassed, I guess, about like what I, how I let myself go if you, for lack of a better term. But during COVID, I kind of, um, I gained a lot of weight and I, um, you know, it was, it was the new norm. Like, Oh, we're going to have a zoom date with the girls better drink a bottle of wine (laughs) or yeah, I can't go out with my friends for dinner. So I'm going to order skip five nights in a row and stupid things like that. Got to support local, all the excuses. Um, so yeah, it was, it was tough. I was like, I was unhappy, very unhappy with myself. And I'm sure I was like a hot mess for everybody else too. Like I wasn't a very pleasant person to be around. Um, But that's all right. (laughs) So that's where I was. And then you you posted, (laughs) I love telling this story. Um, you posted a question about like um Starbucks, something about Starbucks on your Instagram, and I answered it and then you reached out and I was like, oh my God, I can finally like I'd looked at your um application form like 10 times. I'd like halfway fill it out and then I would like close it and be like too afraid to reach out to you and like, oh, does she even remember who I am? And like stupid things like that. Yeah. And yeah, and, and I was like, thank God she re- responded. I can like, I could say
0: something now. <laughs> so so that's kind of how we started. Backtrack a little bit Um, to let's just like start with a little bit of your like, even like pre-COVID, pre-reaching out to me, like what had been your experiences maybe growing up or even in like your early 20s with like your body image weight loss, dieting, kind of all of the things. Do you feel like you were just like always in that space from the time that you were like young?
1: Oh, for sure. I, um, I there's no, there's never TMI on this, right? <laughs> I, I got my period when I was like 11. So yeah. I'm in elementary okay. school. Yeah. So I started to like develop much, much earlier than all of my friends. So yeah. I was, I don't know. And in back in like the late nineties, early two thousands. It was really cool to be like built like a boy and have no hips and no butt and no boobs and um, (laughs) no curves whatsoever. And that was definitely not me. And I mean, that was, that wasn't my family. We were all like developed ladies. I have two older sisters and you know, we all, we all had curves, we all had boobs, we all had butts. And, and that was just, that's what we were. Mm -hmm. And um, definitely was not what my friends were. (laughs) So I was definitely, I, I always felt like the, the bigger, girl in our group, I guess, or the more developed one. And um, so I never felt, not like I never felt comfortable, but I definitely like, I compared myself to my friends my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think everybody kind of does that when you're that age, like all you want to do is fit in and be exactly like everybody else. Right. (laughs) You don't want to stand out in any way, shape or form. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely was comparing myself to everybody. And um, so, and that kind of, that trend kind of just stuck with me, right. Like all through um, junior high and high school, I was the bigger one. I mean, I was athletic. Like I cheered all through junior high and high school. So I was, I was fit and I was strong. Um, but those weren't words that were around back then. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I cheered and I, I, um, stayed active and, but I was still bigger than my friends. Mm-hmm. So it was always, I don't know, tough, not tough, but you always felt like jealous or whatever of your girlfriends. Like, why can't I have no boobs?
0: Why do I have to have hips (laughs) and garbage like that? (laughs) Was that a conversation that happened at home too? Like, was it a very, maybe not like directly to you, but was there like conversations about dieting and weight loss and things like that in your house?
1: For sure. I think like in the, the 90s, every mom and their dog was on a diet. Yeah. (laughs) So there was definitely like, um, I remember there was this one diet that my mom did and it was like the cabbage soup diet. Yeah. That shit is gross. (laughs) I mean, it smells great until you have to eat it for every meal for a day. And we tried that and like, and it was stupid. It was like, we were at home in the summer, like the three of us girls and we would would make extra soups that we could be on this diet too. I don't even think my mother knew we were doing it, but we were all like, yeah, we, we all were like, Oh, we're going to be on a diet. Nice. Like that was junior high. I'm pretty sure it would have had to have been junior high if it was all three of us being home in the summer for it. So, yeah. And, um, and like my mom, um, I know there was always talk about like, she, she did bait watchers before she married, you know, and she was super tiny when she got married and yeah. all this stuff. And so there was talk about that. And then like my Oma, bless her heart. <laughs> May she rest in peace. Um, she was never very nice mm. about um my sister's weight. Like she she made she would make comments to my oldest sister um often and like so and we heard it. And I mean this woman wasn't petite by any means either, but she's an old German lady and she said what was on her mind whenever it was on her mind, right? Right. So um so there was definitely that. My sister Jesse, she would say I was the small one in the family. Yes. and but I never like and I I mean like I like felt that way sure at home but I never felt that way in like my peer group right so it was it was kind of a weird dynamic to like from my family get this like oh but you're perfect the way you are and but not to feel that way right I think there was some of that but like it was never like my parents were never like you're fat or you can't eat this or you can't eat that we always had stuff in the house like there was Mm -hmm. always like treats and pop and chips. And we were never told, no, we were definitely a family. And I think like everybody in the nineties was where it's like, you cleaned your plate. Yes. <laughs> you yeah. finished what you took <laughs> yeah, and stuff like that. So, I mean, that definitely, I think has contributed
0: to some of my habits in yeah. my adult life. And it's interesting because I think that that's typically the dynamic in most households is that, you know, it, obviously the exception I would say is that in certain situations, mothers or grandmothers or caregivers are directly making those comments to the children. But I think in most cases, that's not true. And it's just children witnessing, you know, their mom on the cabbage soup diet or their mom talking about her weight or criticizing her body or complaining about her pant size or, you know, restricting certain foods. And so it's interesting because you guys, as the kids, almost, it sounds like you almost perceive that as like the cool thing to do. Like, oh, mom's on a diet. So like, we should also be on a diet. Mom's happier if she's on a diet or like, this must be like the thing to do. Totally. Totally.
1: It was hundred percent. It was like, everybody's on a diet. Oh, it's cool mm-hmm. to be on a diet. Like all the grownups are on diet. I'm going to be
0: on a diet. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I would say that that's like, that's even true now that it's uh, so many of the diets that are out there. It's just a trend. It's like, oh, all my friends are doing this detox. So I'm going to do this detox or, you know, none of my friends are eating carbs. So I'm not going to eat carbs or whatever it is. And it's so interesting because I feel like there is so much, we like put these diets on this pedestal as if they are going to solve all of our problems. Like, okay, this is going to make me happier. It's going to make me more confident. It's going to make me healthier. All of those things that I I would love to hear your perspective on that, because I don't know if you even know how many diets you've done, but let's just talk about, you know, the idea of diets actually working for any of those things. And I'm sure that you have probably, you know, when you were in them, when you were on the diets, you were probably like, yeah, this is working. I feel so much better. I'm more confident. Like I feel healthier, all of the things, but then what's the aftermath? Like how long does that actually last? Oh, like zero, but yeah. yes, I can definitely talk to this. I I
1: had tried absolutely everything. So, and everything works for a little bit, yeah. right? Yeah. Like if you, cut out carbs completely from your life, you're gonna lose weight. Yeah, right. If you are only eating six in a six hour window, and you're eating a salad, (laughs) you're gonna lose weight, right? You cut your calories down, you're gonna lose weight. Sure. But is it like sustainable? Absolutely not. I know like the one, I shouldn't say the one time. Well, yeah, the one time Weight Watchers actually worked for me was like, right before my wedding. But it was like, I completely abused the program. (laughs) Like you have a certain amount of points that you're supposed to eat. And I would be like, Oh no, I'm going to be under those points. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not going to eat that many points Mm -hmm. in a day. And I am going to stay underneath it because I need to lose this weight. And I was a bitch to be around. Like I was so unhappy with life. And that's the only time I can, like every time a diet worked for me, it was because I was just like, I was pissed at everything. I didn't want to be a part of anything, you know, like life sucked. I was horrible. I was horrible to my husband. I didn't want to see my friends, you know, Mm -hmm. and my life sucked, completely sucked. And then I got married (laughs) and I looked great and that's awesome. But I stopped Weight Watchers after I got married and I gained everything I lost plus probably 20 pounds back Mm -hmm. within a year, probably because it's not sustainable, right? I'm not going to sit there and eat thousand calories a day or 1200 calories a day for the rest of my life.
0: And that's the only way you can sustain it. Right. So I don't know. It's, it's garbage. And then after that, how did that feel? Like once you had, so you feel you're on this high because you've lost it all and then you gain it back plus more. And where would you say that you were at in that space where you're like, Hey, now I got to go back on another diet or like something's wrong with me. Like what were, what do you remember? What came up for you? Oh, for sure. It was, it was hundred percent. What
1: do I do next? Like, which, mm-hmm. which one's going to be next? And right. the, the next one was keto. I tried keto and keto worked great for like the first little bit, like who doesn't want to eat just bacon. I could eat just bacon for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> but you feel like crap. <laughs> like I did not get this like amazing energizing thing that you're supposed to get with keto. Um, mm-hmm. and the worst part is like you, you, you break it once and eat a cookie and you're starting from scratch again. So that yeah. wasn't sustainable for me, especially when like I'm doing this diet. My husband's not, there's carbs all over the place in my house. And like, let's be honest, who doesn't like carbs? Mm. Yep. <laughs> they're like, they're like the go-to for most people, right? They're, they're, they're craving food or they're like treat food or whatever you want to call it. So mm-hmm. that didn't work. And it, well, it worked for the first part. I lost like 10 pounds and then I fell off of that bandwagon and it's like, what's next? Mm-hmm. What can I try next? And I know that I can't try the same diet again. Because it's not going to work the same if you try it right away, right. Yep. <laughs> Your body time to like reset to something. And it's like, yeah, what's next. It was always, okay, what can I do next? What can I do now? Or, or, and it wasn't, um, the diet didn't, it was the diet didn't work for me. Right. Um, this time
0: mm. it was
1: never like, oh, it's like, what did I do wrong? I did something wrong on this diet. It's, it was never that like that. Yeah. A diet didn't work for me. It was, I didn't work for that diet. Right. You see this Dude on the internet who's like super jacked and tells you to eat chicken and broccoli and rice. And like, well, mm-hmm. it works for him, but I'm a 38 year old woman. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna work the same for me.
0: Not to mention, like, does it work for him? Like, how happy is he? You know, like, how, what's his quality of life? Like, is he having those same experiences that you did where like he's eating different meals than his spouse and he's missing out on family events because he can't eat anything anyone else is. And like, that's what his whole life revolves around is his chicken, rice and broccoli. And it's at the expense of enjoying life. That's it. And it becomes like an
1: obsession. Like you are thinking about every single thing that is going into your mouth and what it's doing to you. And you are planning your life around, food and it's like okay so I'm gonna go to this party like I'm not gonna drink because it's too much calories or I gotta make sure that I pick up the light whatever mm-hmm. and I can only have this many and like limiting my- and I haven't even like put my clothes on to leave the house yet and I'm already thinking about like all of the things that are gonna happen at this party and then it's like you get to the point where you don't even want to go out of your house because you don't want to have to figure that out or you don't want to cave and like break down and eat all of the things and then come home and feel like shit. Cause you have to start all over again tomorrow. Like I don't know how many times I had to start all over again tomorrow or Monday or next week or next month or whatever it was, but it was, it's an obsession. You're literally obsessed with everything that goes into your mouth.
0: It's not healthy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well let's take that and transition into a little bit about like the food and body freedom course. Cause you just wrapped up, um, And I feel like you came out of it and you are like feeling really, really good. So Um, good. And so I would love to just have you talk a little bit about your experience. Like what were some of your biggest takeaways? What did you think of the course? This was only the second time. And this was kind of like the two pilot runs of it before I kind of launch it full blown in the fall. So I would just love to hear like what your experience was. So yeah, um it was amazing. Learning about intuitive eating
1: um has been like a complete game changer. And I wanna like um give a shout out to my sister-in-law who actually listens to your podcast like religiously. So yay, Alicia, hi, love you. Um about <laughs> I think just before I started working with you, or maybe it was just after I started working with you, she tried to get me to read this book about intuitive eating. And I was like, what is this hokey new diet? Right. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have a, I have a personal trainer. I don't need this right now. I like, and, and I feel horrible because I could have been on this like awesome road to amazingness two years ahead of time. So Alicia, you were right. It's amazing. I'm sorry. I didn't listen. We love you. Love you. (laughs) Okay. So anyways, learning about intuitive being has been so amazing. Like I am embarrassed to say at 38 that, um, I had never like intentionally thought about like what my values are. And I know that was one of the first things that we did in the course was talk about values. And like, if I was ever asked about it in my like life, I would pull out these like generic things like I value friendship and love and relationships and all like the standard things. Right. Yeah. But you never yeah. really sit sit down and think about like, what are my actual values, which is crazy because I mean, these are things that should be discussed multiple times throughout your life they change they evolve as we evolve as humans right so that was kind of cool um the other thing I think I realized is that I had like lost (laughs) the ability to like identify my hunger and fullness cues yep I and I'm sure it came from the fact that I was like my body was like never knowing when it was going to get fed or what it was going to get fed when I was on a diet so um that's that was kind of interesting to me cuz like as a child that's all you have right yeah. it's like i'm hungry <laughs> or yeah. i i don't i don't need to finish this yeah yeah and like i'm i'm full now and i i had completely lost my ability to to know those things like i was eating on a schedule mm-hmm. because I, that's what we do as adults. Like you get up at this time, you eat your breakfast at this time, you go to work, you eat your lunch or you have a snack, you know, you eat your lunch, you eat your dinner at a certain time every day. And that's just like how it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and coming from a family where it was like, you ate what was on your plate. Like you cleaned your plate. I wouldn't like there'd be three or three bites on that plate left. And and I was going to finish them Mm -hmm. because that's what I took or that's what was left. And it wasn't enough to turn into leftovers, but I was going to finish it which is ridiculous.
0: Like, why do you have to do that? I think that it makes sense that you would be in that space of being like, okay, well, I I eat on a routine and I eat what I'm supposed to eat because we go from being children and having like certain household rules to then being an adult and following diet culture rules where you're always told what to eat. You're told how to eat. You're told when to eat. You're told what the right way is to eat what's good and what's bad. And all of that takes away from our ability to understand our hunger and fullness cues. And not to mention, obviously, when you are going through these periods of, you know, restriction and under eating and then binge eating, and that just like messes with your hunger and fullness cues. And I think that's one big misconception about intuitive eating is that it's only eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. And people are like, well, I don't know how to do that because I don't know what hunger and fullness even feel like. So I don't get hungry or like I don't get hungry till 4 p.m. and then I eat until I go to bed and I don't stop eating until you know midnight or whatever. There's so many different experiences, but I think kind of the through line tends to be I don't know what that feels like. And so I think that it's important to, and that's why I provide that in the course of like, here's some indications of what hunger and fullness feel like, but also what the experiences are, because it's not just a grumbling in your belly or like a distension in your stomach where your belly feels hard. It's, it's other things. It's checking with your energy levels. Do you have a headache? Like, are you like really dehydrated? How is your recovery? If you're somebody who's active, like checking in on all of those things. Um, and so that's why I think it's so important to provide that. And then I love that you touch on values because again, I think that when people like you, you know, when you think about intuitive eating, it might be like, Oh, well, it's like another diet. So I'm doing another diet program, or it's just another one of those things. And it's, it's not, you know, like we're peeling back the layers. We're talking about so much more than just what to eat and how much to eat and when to eat. Like you're actually learning, you're learning about yourself. You're learning about your body, you're learning how to have a better relationship with your body and how to have a better relationship with food. And um, so, yeah, like there's so, so, so much to it. Totally. A hundred percent agree. I think I learned um, so many
1: things about the cues. Um, Like I am consistently like nine 30 comes in the morning and I'm like, I need a red bull because I have no energy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I know that because I didn't have protein with my breakfast or I, um, or I didn't eat breakfast yeah. or <laughs> something to that nature. Right. So I, I definitely learned a lot about, um, things like, cause I always thought, yeah, okay. My, my stomach tells me when I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. My stomach tells me when I'm full, you know, I thought that that was all that there was to it. I never, I mean like, okay, if I don't eat for hours and hours, my blood sugar is going to tank and everything's going to go wacky. But I didn't think like, oh, Red Bull time or like coffee time for some people, it can be a signal for that. And it's kind totally. of embarrassing to say that at 38, but it's the truth. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I think that I'm so grateful that you share that because I know that's not an uncommon experience. And so for anyone else that might feel embarrassed about that, just know that it's so, so, so normal and it's not your fault. And I think that we do, we do the best that we can until we know that we can do better. And so I think if you're in that space where you're like, well, all I know is coffee and Red Bull to help wake me up. Or all I know is following a meal plan or going on a diet or doing the things. But now you know that there are other options, you know, that that's not a healthy or sustainable way to live your life. Then that's where you start to explore those options. And I would, I'm curious how you feel about the transition from being told what to eat, which is kind of like the diet culture space to being taught how to eat about nutrition. Cause I think that that's an obstacle for people too, is they're like, well, I just want someone to tell me what to do. I don't want to have to think about it. Like, just tell me what I need to eat when I need to eat it. And I'll listen to you and I'll just do it as opposed to obviously my approach is more like, I want to teach you how to eat for you because that is unique. And that's different than any other person on the planet. And so, I want you to have the agency and and the power to do that for yourself. So, what has that experience been like for you? Has it felt like uncomfortable <laughs> or like where? Yeah, what's up and like?
1: So I'm like, my super type A personality, like lists and charts, and give me give me a plan I can follow. Like I need to check all the things off of all of the lists. That's yeah. what I need. Yeah. And, um, this is very much not that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's definitely scary at first. Um, I definitely had the fear of like, what do you, what do you mean I can eat whatever I want? Like Mm -hmm. there was, there was that, like, there's that, that whole, like, Oh, I'm going to eat just ice cream and chips then if that's what I'm allowed to eat. And I mean, like, has that happened occasionally? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's once the foods are there and available for you like all the time it's not as like urgent to eat them that sounds silly yeah (laughs) or like I'm not I'm not trying to like scarf down a chocolate bar on the drive home from the gas station and like hide it from somebody like I don't feel like I'm hiding it because I'm allowed to eat a chocolate bar if I want a freaking chocolate bar right like that's what I want to eat I can eat it yeah and I don't want to hide it I don't feel the need to like to have all of it at once Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it has happened yes it's happened and I mean that's a learn it's a learning process right like nothing you can't go from zero to a (laughs) hundred in two months (laughs) (laughs) right so like it's gonna happen but it happens like I can think of two specific scenarios where that's happened where I ate like an entire bit entire bag of Gummy skittles for lunch one day, which was the dumbest thing, and then I felt like shit. And Lord knows I'm never going to do that again. But it's amazing how like freeing, having all the foods is, <laughs> like they're they're all available to me. I, I there's nothing's off limits, and it doesn't make it so taboo to have it. So you don't have to like, oh my god, I bought cookies. I better eat them all in one sitting so I don't ruin tomorrow and the day after and the day after. It's like no, I, I'm gonna have one cookie. And those cookies are gonna sit there. and I might have one tomorrow. I might have one later. I might not have one for three days. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And um, there's no pressure, which is kind of crazy. I'm in on every diet. Like I've never been on a diet where you love all the things that you're eating. I like that. I I'm not forced to eat something I don't like. And it's unsatisfying. And then I go for something that is satisfying, which is usually at the end of the night, it's chips or cookies or whatever crap is in the fridge or the pantry, right? I can eat a meal that I enjoy and that fills me up and that satisfies me. And I don't feel the need for that. Like dopamine hit
0: of like <laughs> something comfort food, right? Cause I've had something that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. It's What would it's, be an example of that? So as opposed food. to having chicken rice and broccoli, what would be a dinner <laughs> that you actually enjoy? What would that consist of?
1: <laughs> um, so like last night we, we made burger, we barbecued, which is like summertime, yeah, right? It was amazing. And you had a salad with it and it was delicious, but I didn't have to eat the fucking chicken and broccoli. Yeah, I still had protein and vegetables, but there were protein and vegetables that I enjoyed. And like, was there dressing on my salad? Yes. Was there um,
0: mayo on my burger?
1: Yes. Did I Love enjoy it. it? Absolutely. Did I feel the need to eat
0: anything else after that? I didn't. So I didn't. Mm-hmm and how nice is it to not weigh everything oh my good lord
1: <laughs> amazing <laughs> i mean the like number of times and i i'm sure this is probably like a, a classic like diet fail where it's like you are weighing things on your diet and then you think that you know what you're weighing and then you're not weighing it anymore and mm. you weigh it one time and you're like oh shit i'm eating twice as much as i thought i was and then but not like who cares if it's a serving size or like it like I like we have the you teach the like hand, palm, thumb like yeah. measurements for serving sizes. Like like I'm not gonna eat, I know I'm not gonna eat like a 10 ounce steak. I couldn't eat a 10 ounce steak even if I wanted to, I don't think. But if and if I wanted to, man, who cares? But yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could if I wanted to. Um, but it's it's I don't I'm not pressured to be like, I can only eat this much. Yeah. If I'm hungry, I'm going to eat what fills me up and then I'm going to stop. Is it hard sometimes to, <laughs> to figure out like, okay, how much is, especially when like you live with a man and you're cooking for a man and you're cooking for yourself, like how much is Brody going to eat? And how much am I going to eat? Um, but the other thing that's really cool about that and that I'm learning is that like, if there's like, if I'm, when I'm full, I can stop eating. Mm. And I saw, yeah, I saw a TikTok about this girl who made raviolis and she was, I think I was telling you guys about this in the group the other day. Um, she was gonna, she made a big batch of raviolis and she was gonna eat half for dinner and she was gonna pack half for her lunch tomorrow. And then she ended up eating more than she thought she was going to. And she had three raviolis left in her plate. And she was like, oh, I'm full. I'm gonna put these three raviolis in a dish and I'm gonna eat them later. Mm-hmm. And it's so stupid that it took that for me to be like, oh, I don't have to eat everything that's on my plate. It's... Well,
0: it's not stupid. <laughs>
1: no, that's but... true.
0: <laughs> but it makes sense. And I think it, it, in a lot of situations too, it is that matter of like it, it having that last supper vibe, you know, where you're like, okay, well, tonight I'm having a burger and fries, but that's bad for me or like that's unhealthy. So I only have that, you know, once a week or once every two weeks. So I better make sure that I eat as much as I can this time because I'm not going to get it again for however long. I'm going to interrupt this episode for just a minute to invite you to start your intuitive eating journey, to truly discover what it's like to live in peace with food and accept your body. Maybe you've thought about what it would be like to live without food rules, but fear that you won't be able to control yourself around pizza, cookies, ice cream. Maybe you have a desire to eat without food guilt, but fear weight gain. That is why I created my 12 week intuitive eating program, a step-by-step guide to help you ditch the diet mentality and embrace food freedom. Inside the program, you have access to all the tools you need to help you understand your metabolism, eat healthy, satisfying meals, and never feel the need to go on another diet again. You also have access to one on one coaching calls with me to help design a custom game plan specifically for you. So, if you're ready, I'd love for you to join me in the fall session starting September 2023. You can grab your spot on the waitlist at bloombodycollective.com under the services tab Food Freedom Course, or click the link below. Whether you've tried intuitive eating in the past or you're sick of dieting and ready to discover what it's like to have a relationship with food that isn't stressful, this program will transform your life. All right, now back to the episode. What were some of your other fears though? I'm curious if you had any fears or if you can think about uh, maybe some fears that people might have going from that space of dieting, of like having, you know, that, that illusion of control to eating intuitively. I know you talked about one and like the fear of just eating all of the things, which you said mm-hmm. you did experience and now, you know, like it's it's kind of settled down. Um totally. which that was my last podcast episode and that's like that's expected. That's what happens. That's the habituation process. That's like mm-hmm. as soon as, you know, if something's off limits, of course, you're just going to want all of it and all of it and all of it and eventually that will settle down, but were there any other fears that you have had through this journey of like letting go and releasing control? Um, I like, there's
1: still that fear of like, oh my God, I'm going to gain more weight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But at the same time, I am my goal. I think my goals have definitely changed. Like my goal is no longer to lose weight, which is like, if you asked anybody this, like even six months ago, they'd be like, what's Kelly's goal? It's to lose weight. Mm -hmm. Um, but now my goal is to be happy. And to meet myself where I'm at, which is something that you have always said to me, (laughs) it's like, sometimes you got to meet yourself where you're at. And that's, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with like meeting yourself where you're at. And I am a way happier person when I'm not dieting and not obsessing over everything that I eat um, and what I put in my body. And I I don't want to be that person anymore. I don't want to be that person for myself because it fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be that person for my friends and my family because she was a real bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I'm i over it. I've also, um, I know we're talking about fears, but like coming along with that like fear of gaining weight, my um, outlook on life and like the value I tie to like my appearance has changed a lot too. I no longer tie myself worth to what i look like Hmm. like the body i'm in right now is the body i'm in right now and she's still badass (laughs) she's still an amazing coach and an amazing brand amazing daughter amazing wife um what i look like has nothing to do with um all the stuff that's on the inside and all the great things that there are about me i'm Hmm. so much more than my appearance and i mean That's insane to say that out loud right now, because I never would have said that (laughs) six months ago, even so that's, that's a huge one for me.
0: What do you think has gotten you to that
1: point? There's a lot of things that have changed, I guess, in the last six months with me, like I started going to therapy, which I like highly recommend to anybody who is suffering with like body image issues or, um, has, um, crappy feelings about their weight or their appearance or their, um, tying their self-worth to their appearance, I highly recommend you go to therapy. And, um, I think surrounding myself with women who have more of a positive outlook on life. Um, I used to like, like I said, I used to obsess over the, like, anytime a new diet came out, I wanted to try it. Or like you would like scrolling through TikTok or Instagram. It was like, I was watching all the videos about all the like this is how I lost 100 pounds or all that garbage, mm-hmm. right? I was watching all of those and that's like horrible. And then I I did a little um social media like purge yeah. and got rid of all the people who were telling me to lose weight and eat 1200 calories a day and work out every day of your life for 3 hours and all that garbage. <laughs> and I started focusing on the people who um looked like me mm. and who um had the same values that I had and who were happy in their bodies I guess because that's what I wanted they're happy as they are I'm never going to be a size zero like that's just not I'm just not built that way and I am okay with that and I but why then am I comparing myself to people
0: that are a size zero Mm
1: -hmm. you know what I mean you don't need that in your life it's it's a constant like reminder and disappointment of disappointment
0: so. I think that's one of the things we talked about in the course too, was curating your environment and yes. getting rid of that, getting rid of like clothes that don't fit you and unfollowing people who are feeding you that bullshit and, you know, getting rid of all of the pins that you have saved your Pinterest board that has all of like the weight loss workouts in there. I still, mm-hmm. I literally, Diet still recipes. Those.
1: yeah, right. Yeah. yeah um, and I started buying clothes that fit me instead of trying to fit in. The size I thought I should fit in, which is like that was liberating in and of itself. Like well, yeah. I took to put on a pair of pants that didn't make me feel like a sausage. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I wasted so much of my life trying to fit into these pants that were one size too small.
0: And it just it just fuels the fire because then you feel like shit about yourself. Cause you're like, well, I used to fit these, or I should be able to fit these and I'm just not disciplined enough or, you know, whatever the story is that we're telling ourselves. And it just, it, it has nothing to do with you. It's no. literally all of the programming and all of the bullshit. And it's yeah, not helpful. Not at all. So for anyone that's out there, that's like, maybe not where you are, but maybe would like to be where you are. Um, People who have lived that lifestyle of dieting, even people who are listening and they're like, well, I still think dieting can work for me. Like you said, you know, I like, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't doing the work or I didn't work hard enough for it, or it just wasn't the right time. Do you have any advice for people that may be struggling in this space, struggling with their weight with dieting and feel like they would be so much happier and confident if they could just lose it.
1: I think first off they need to, to ask themselves like why they feel that way. Like what, what's the why behind it? Um, what problems with air quotes are tied directly to their weight? Love that. And, like I used to feel that way, and I can definitely tell that, um, tell you that losing the weight does not fix the problems.
0: Mm.
1: The problems are still there. <laughs> like you feel, you, you feel good about how you look, but that's usually not the like the weight is usually not the only problem. <laughs> yeah, behind it, I had to do a lot of unpacking about like my feelings over the last two years and to really get to the root of the issues and. I can honestly say that like none of my issues were caused by my weight. Did some of those issues contribute to my weight gain? Sure. Mm -hmm. But losing the weight wasn't going to make those things go away. And I needed to address the two things separately. And I think that separating, like, like I said, time, like my, the weight is like the body that I'm in, body that I'm in and the person that I am are like two separate things. Um, I think that surrounding yourself with people who are going through the same thing as you is important, um, which is one of the reasons why I really, really liked the community that came along with your program. Um, the girls that were in our session, our last session were amazing and unreal. And it was so nice to be in a space where everybody had been through what you were through. Like it was so validating and, um, the support and the feedback and hearing other people's experiences and what they've gone through. And these are people that look like me (laughs) because you don't always get that, right? You're getting advice on the internet from somebody who looks completely different than you nine times out of 10, right? (laughs) And somebody who's already super fit and been through it, but maybe not in the same way that you have. Yeah. And I think that that was like, that was probably my favorite part about the course i mean you learn so much and everything but you get to learn it with these uh, this amazing group of women and it's such a safe space <laughs> to be in and to to share these things and um that's probably the hardest part right nobody wants to go in and be like like it's i i wouldn't have come out here 6 months ago and been like this is who i am this is my problems this is what i'm doing this is what i did wrong it was always like i tried it and it didn't work for me you know yeah. that was the excuse and to, to be in a place where I, I felt comfortable and it was just so supportive and I, I don't know, I really enjoyed it. And I'm really sad that it's over.
0: <laughs> was it, were you so I want to do it again and again, <laughs> were you surprised by how, like by the atmosphere and how, you know, willing people were to share about their experiences. And I think that that's something that we just, we don't experience, so I don't think I, I truly don't think that any of the women that were in the course have ever experienced that outside of that space.
1: It was It was unreal. I've never I've never seen it. I mean, like I have my sisters that I talk to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they like have kind of been through the same thing as me. Like we all kind of grew up in the same environment. Um, but like to have um, all kinds of people from all different walks of earth, like all over the country and some from the US. Um, and that it was so easy to open up because everybody was opening up. Do you know what I mean? You didn't have to feel like there wasn't that one person who was telling all of their stories and everybody was just sitting there listening to it, right? Like everybody was contributing and like like I said, nine nine times out of 10, they'd been through the same thing as you or they had tried the same things as you and they knew exactly what you were going through. And it was it was amazing. I just loved every minute of it.
0: Well, and I think the reality is, is that that's the reality. We are all more alike than we are different. And we're all walking around in these little shame bubbles, pretending like (laughs) we're all okay. We're all healthy and in control of our body and our diet. And all of us are binge eating cookies behind closed doors. And like, that and maybe that's not your experience right in this season of your life, but like we've <laughs> all been there, we have all friggin' been there. So to to walk around and pretend like we haven't and we can't relate to that, I think makes it more stigmatized. It makes it more shameful to express that you have been through that experience and you have lived that experience. And so I'm I'm also so grateful that everyone. Felt like it was a safe space to be able to share those things because I do feel like it really helped to normalize it. And I think why that's so important is that it does help to take that shame away. And once you can take that shame away, then you can start to challenge those things and feel like it's safe to do so and not be, you know, feeling like you have to eat the chocolate bar before you get home because you can't tell anybody about it or feeling like, you know, you can't order the burger and fries when you go out for dinner with your girlfriends, even though they're all ordering salads. And I know that you've shared, like you've had an experience now where you've like, it's just so apparent that everyone is so engulfed in diet culture. Absolutely. Like it's,
1: it's everywhere. Um, I mean, I think everybody can, can agree. Like when you're with your girlfriends, right? Like there's, there's the gossipy, the, like the girl chat, right. The girl talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, my girlfriends and I definitely, um, <laughs> I've, I've noticed, like we definitely comment on people's bodies and their appearance a lot. And like, I knew I did it in the past. And I don't, but I don't know if I like realized how much we talked mm. about it or how much um, we, my friends and I would talk about like food, the food that we ate in the day and stuff like that. And it's far more apparent to me now when somebody is talking about, it's almost like they're trying to justify what they're doing. Mm. <laughs> we were at a work, um, I was at work for lunch and the girl sitting across from me was talking about how like, oh, she was going to have a salad because, um, because she ate too big of a practice, So she needed to have a salad for lunch Mm. or something like that. And, 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 and I, I was like, shit, do I need to order a salad? Mm. Like, 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 oh no, she's one of them. Right. Like, and it's, it's hard because it still comes up like that. I've gotten much better at being like, good for you. Eat your salad. I'm going to eat what I want. (laughs) this is what's going to satisfy me and I'm not going to partake in this conversation you're having. But there are definitely still times when it comes up and it's like, it's so in your face, it's always there. Like you notice it so much when you're focusing on trying to not have those kinds of conversations and not partake in that kind of talk and not, um, not comment on people's bodies and appearances and stuff like that. And, and Mm. now I feel like it's everywhere.
0: Yeah. Totally. It's
1: tough. And it's tough and I'm not quite at the space where I can like shut somebody down. I know Mm -hmm. (laughs) a little spoiler alert. You get some sweet tips on how to get yourself out of conversations like that if you take the course, (laughs) but I'm not quite there yet. So, but it's, I did, I do find that like when stuff like that um, comes up in conversation, I, before I would have been all over it, right? Like, oh, yes, I, oh, me too. I had this for breakfast. I know I definitely have to have a salad or something like that, or trying to justify any kind of choice I'm making. Like, oh, I didn't eat breakfast, so I could have the burger, you know, or something like that. Um, And now I just, I don't want to be a part of those conversations at all. And I can't wait for the day where I'm confident enough to to use some of your (laughs) tactics (laughs) of shutting that kind of stuff down. Um, but not
0: quite there yet. Just to like fully disclose the goal with the course with the 12 weeks is not that you come out of it being this totally transformed person and you never have a bad body image day in your life and you never binge eat candies or chocolate, or you never have any of those experiences. It's to give you the tools to navigate those. So it's to give you the tools so that the next time that you maybe eat like, I don't know, three chocolate bars in one sitting, or you have a whole bag of chips, you have the tools to check in with yourself and be like, okay, I don't need to go on a diet because I just ate a whole bag of chips. Like it's okay. I don't feel good. So let's probably not do that again, but like, it's going to be fine. And I know I have the tools in place to navigate this or like those situations again, with other people talking about their diets, like it's uncomfortable, but you know that you have the tools to, disengage, you know, maybe you're not calling them on the bullshit, but you can at least take that step back and not be a part of that conversation anymore. Or if you're having a bad body image day or whatever the experience is that's coming up for you. Like just recently you were talking about how you felt kind of like in a rut with your nutrition and I didn't even really need to coach you through it. Like you knew (laughs) what you needed to do. You were like, I know what I'm not doing and I know why I'm feeling this way. And even at that, you were like, I'm in a rut, but also like I feel okay. Like I'm really not, I'm like, I'm actually okay. And at the end of it, I was like, I don't really think you're even in a rut. Like, I think you just, you just had a sick dog and like, it was just a week of like, you just didn't like you normally do because welcome to real life. Right. But it's so easy to let that spiral into I'm off the rails. I need to reel it in. I got to, you know, I got to get back on the wagon or I got to be more disciplined or, you know, I got to get back into routine, all of those things. And it's like, I think that we just need to be a little bit more gentle with ourselves.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, like, yeah, it's that all or nothing feeling, right? Like yeah. if I'm not all in, why am I doing it? And that's that, that gets you to that. Oh, I'll start tomorrow or I'll start next Monday. I'll start over and I'll do better next time. Um, And yeah, I don't know. It's It's, it's, intuitive eating, I think it's like playing the long game, right? Like this is, this is a change that is going to be for the rest of my life. Yeah. Right. And I like, like everything else in life, right? Like you're always learning, right? It's, it, it, it should be a work in progress forever. Right. I never want to be like in one spot for the rest of my life. Yeah. It's going to be changing and and things are going to come up and you know, like life's not perfect. The I don't have kids, but I know like a lot of people, like something happens with the kids or something happens with your dog and or something happens with your family and and or you have a bad day, right? Like those things are going to happen in life and nothing's ever going to be perfect. And I can't wait for the day when I have a not perfect day and I'm not worried about the food I'm eating on that not perfect day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, (laughs) like it's coming and it's getting so much closer and, and food not being like the center of my universe. And like my soul obsession is, is like my dream and it's coming. (laughs) I'm getting there closer and closer every single day. So I love
0: that. So, okay. If we're circling back for one second to your advice, you had said, unpack your, why, like, why, why do you feel this need to lose weight? What is at the end of that tunnel. Um, or maybe like, why do you have a fear of gaining weight? Like unpacking that I think is really important. Um, and then you had also said like a couple things like curating your environment, you know, getting rid of the bullshit, surrounding yourself with people who are maybe on the same journey or like, aren't in that kind of like toxic diety space. Finding that space can be kind of difficult. I think for you really where that came from was just the course. Yes. And then, outside of that. So like, let's say people unpack their why and they're like, you know, trying to dig to the root of it. Um, and then they're like, okay, like, I want to try this intuitive eating thing, but where do I even start with it? Where would you suggest they start with it?
1: Well, obviously your course.
0: (laughs) Yes. We're going to say that. Yes. Obviously the next round Um, is in October. So we'll just put that out there.
1: Coming up, um, I there's a there is some material out there if they, if they want to do some research. Yeah. Um, make sure obviously it's not like a a Google, <laughs> yes. It's not any diet related or food related stuff like Google is not your friend. No, but um, I mean, like do some research. What is intuitive eating and what are the benefits of intuitive eating and how can that fit into your life, which is like, spoiler alert, so much easier than any diet you've ever been on. Uh, fits in so much better. Uh, So
0: do some research. I think doing research is a great place to start and just starting to like get educated and read about it. And I think I said in my last episode that like when I was talking about your experience, that one of the most important things is putting action to the education because learning and gaining knowledge is great. But if you're not actually implementing tools or practices and like changing your habits and your routine. Um it's kind of like just sitting in class and not taking notes and never opening your textbook and not reviewing anything and then trying to write mm-hmm. the notes. definitely I would say start by researching. I know you're reading the book now yes. intuitive eating. Um so that's mm-hmm. a really great resource. There's another book called health at every size. Um, that's a really great resource. Obviously I think just like if you're in this space, listening to the podcast, hopefully that's a good resource, even just hearing your story. Oh, for
1: sure. I mean, talking to somebody who's been through something or in, in a space that you've been in is like an unbelievable experience.
0: Yeah. And then the last question I have for you, cause I wrap up with this question for every buddy that is, is on the podcast. Um, what does self-love mean to you? And I feel like you probably have a different answer now than you did six months ago. So yeah, yeah, what does that mean to you (laughs) now? And what does this look like in real life? So how do you practice self-love? Okay, so I think to
1: me, self-love means taking care of my own needs and putting myself first. And then like making sure that my cup is full. You know, everybody talks about filling up your cup, making sure your cup is full. Um, and I think, um, ways that I do that every day, Um, I do practice gratitude daily, which is something that you taught me, which is amazing. So every night before bed, I write down like, three things that I am grateful for, or that I'm proud of myself for that day. And then I also do like affirmations, um, which are amazing. Um, I am working, work in progress on my like, positive self talk. (laughs) So that's a big one for me. Um, I know, like, I'm sure many people who are going through this diet culture thing can can attest to the, oh my God, I'm so fat or, oh my God, I'm so ugly or, oh my God, I can't believe I look like this. Like, why why does anybody love me feelings? And those were words that would like come out of my mouth, not out of my mouth, but through my brain daily. Um, and so working on that is really important to me. So I try to say uh, something nice to myself in the mirror every morning when I get up. Um, and then I I like to to spend time doing things that I love. So, um, coaching, cheerleading, I love coaching, cheerleading. Um, uh, I love crocheting, uh, spending time with my friends and my family and having, like having things that are mine mm-hmm. that I do for me, because I want to do that. And I know, um, I'm, I shouldn't say lucky, but I'm, I, I'm lucky that I don't have children <laughs> because I do, I know that it's really hard for a lot of people, like a lot of moms and dads to, um, put themselves first and find time for things that are just theirs. Yeah. Um, but it's really important that you have something that is yours. Yeah. Um, whatever it is, like something that, that helps you get through the day and helps fill that cup up on a regular basis.
0: So yeah, that's, that's how I do it. I love that. I am also so proud of you for all of the practices that you've implemented because right? <laughs> yeah, you've gone from the space of like, you didn't have any of that in your life. And now you're doing, you're practicing gratitude and praise and affirmations and like all of those things that feel so out of reach or uncomfortable or kind of like woo woo a little bit. Totally. Yeah. A little (laughs) hokey pokey. Like is Mm -hmm. that, is that actually a thing? Does that actually work? But it does. It really does. Okay. Well, Kel, I'm so grateful that you were on the show. And I know that this is going to be so expansive for so many people and add so much value. And I hope that you have people reach out to you and be like, Hey, I listened to the show. Love it. (laughs) You know, I'm so proud of you. Also maybe pick your brain. We're going to invite anyone that's listening that has questions to pick Kelly's brain, to pick my brain. Um, because she is going to be such a great resource and support for you if you are also on this journey. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for giving um, women like me a space to um, exist and don't cry because you're going to make me cry. <laughs> I can see your eyes. <laughs> Give me a space to, to unpack my shit and to, to, to learn about how I can live a happy life and how, how I, I can be a better me. Yeah, just thank you for everything you do. I know that you have impacted so many women's lives and there are so many people out there who who wouldn't be who they are today, myself included, without you. So
0: thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you guys got value from the show, I would love for you to rate and share it. And if you have any questions about the conversation today, you can always find me on Instagram or Facebook at Chelsea Glubish. Catch you on the next one.